Today's episode of the A&D Show is brought to you proudly by Loot Crate and Dr. Squatch. You want to say something? That's the dog. The dog doesn't have words. You're going to terrify the dog scared of the microphone. The dog will start barking and then I will hit you. The dog will eat, the dog will eat that. The dog is not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so mean to my dog. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Wise words from Lulu the dumpster monkey. She's not a dumpster monkey. She's just a dumpster dog. She's a garbage dog. She, uh, I found her on the side of the road. That's not really true. I didn't find her on the side of the road, but see, you're scaring the dog. Bad dog. Monkey. This is the problem with Studio 3. This yeah. is a big house. Studio 3 is being overrun by four-legged animals. Four-legged furry beasts of burden. But I love them. I mean, they're good dogs. Well, usually. They're all right. Monkey has an affinity for chewing on McKinley's toys, but what other than that? And they both have an affinity for making me miserable at every given opportunity. So do I. Welcome to the A&D Show. I'm David. I'm Austin. And boy, howdy, do we have a doozy boy, of a show howdy. for the likes of you folks today. What are we talking about today, Austin? I forgot. We are talking about video pickles. games. Oh, man. When are we going to do our pickles episode? I'm not much of a pickle fan, but that's fine. Man, I just I had some pickles earlier today. I go, to the, I go to the Walmart. And I'll buy a whole it's not jar. Like, it's not the Walmart. It's just Walmart. I'll go to the Walmart and I'll buy a whole jar of gherkins, dill gherkins. Any pickle fans out there, share some love for the gherkins. Man, there's some that's good pickles. That's good stuff. I agree. Good stuff. But, but that's not sure. what we're going to talk about today. We're going to save that for an auxiliary bonus episode for all of our listeners that are also pickle fans. But today... We have a crazy episode. I'm I'm surprised, honestly, Austin, that we haven't talked about this before. Now, how long? How many? What is this? Our it's this, well, second season for sure. This is our almost our twentieth episode. That's my my word. It's yeah. been that long. Yeah. Oh, and um, terrible. We are almost twenty episodes into our into our show here, and we have yet to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is gaming video video gaming. I'm a fan. I mean, I have I'm a my fan. moments. I'm going to be honest. I'm a fan of video gaming. And here's the thing. Video gaming, it's like a, it's a past time. It's a present time. And it's inevitably a future time. Um, so let's just, let's just start there. Let's just start there. Let's start, let's start as a past time. What, Austin, what was your first gaming system? So my grandma had an, had, a, had a Nintendo at her house, like a regular um, Nintendo, like a regular Nintendo, the NES. And uh, I remember I was a kid and I was super excited about it. Like I was like, I'd go over to her house just purely because if I, I go to her house, she would take me to Broadway Video in my hometown, Broadway Video, my hometown of Mattoon, Illinois. Give it up for the big game. Um, she would take me to, and I would always, I would always rent Mega Man. 
I got some Mega Man mm-hmm. game. It was always Mega Man. Hey, Mega Man was a solid game. Right. And, well, and later in life, it became the Ninja Turtles game. But that's that's another story. Naturally. So I played Mega Man religiously. Like you know, it, it was it was the absolute greatest game in the world. Um, fast forward to, to that, I was like five, four or five, and I fast forward to when I was. It was six. It was a Christmas of 1991. So I would have been six. And we'd opened up all of our, all of our gifts for my parents. And my dad says, oh, there's one more right over there. I did, And legitimately, I didn't see this last gift. Like, nobody saw it. And we opened it up, and it was a Nintendo with, like, a few games. And... I didn't want to go to dinner that day. Like I'm like, forget dinner, yeah. forget the family. This is what I want to do. Oh, so we're not only talking about something near and dear to your heart, but we're talking about it in a season that is also near and dear to your experience with what's near and dear to your heart. I love Chris. Also, I love Christmas time. Yeah, me too. And, and we are. Let me just let me just do a quick shameless plug for the future of the A and D show. We have a couple, uh, a whole month of Christmas themed episodes it's glorious coming your way listeners. absolutely glorious and here's the thing we're calling it we're calling it the ad show christmas actually i didn't really think about that before i said it so we're going to come up with something something catchy something Probably cool good. yeah yeah you know i agree M- monkey please dog go away <laughs> this dog is killing me right now so like i said i've always been you know, I, you know, but I've had all the, you know, major systems. I, I you know, um, you know, I had the Super Nintendo. I mm-hmm. never, now, now I will say that I skipped the N64. And I played GoldenEye a whole bunch. I played GoldenEye a whole bunch. And I played Ocarina of Time a whole bunch um, at, my, my, at my friend Casey's house because they had that. Um, but I did not have a 64. I had a, a, a PS1, which we'll get to these, these discussions later. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first system was, was a Nintendo. And. Um, I mean, like when I was a kid, like, 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 like that's that, that hooked me. Like at that point I was just, I was done with everything. That was like, that was my life. You know, it's funny because you say that your first experiences with the original Nintendo and mine was also with the original Nintendo. Uh, and I remember those giant cartridges and it was like, it was really cool because you would push this button and like half of the machine would open up like a transformer right, and right. you had this giant plastic thing that you would just insert into the machine and half the time it wouldn't work until you pulled it back out, blew it on it and then stuck it back in there. But you can't stick it in all the way. You had to like, you had to like, like, like kind of like leave it like almost like the edge of the thing. Like when it goes down, like it almost clips. Yeah. At least that was with my Nintendo. Maybe, maybe mine was that janky, but I remember also like <laughs> you, you would stuff a cartridge, like to hold it down to make it work better. I don't know. Like maybe yeah. that was just my Nintendo. I remember there. all of those. Oh goodness gracious. Edit this stupid thing in post. <laughs> this may be the first time we have to, to actually I'm edit. I'm about to have two less dogs in this house. <laughs> I remember, though, that uh, that was not something that died when the Nintendo was over. Whenever they replaced it with the with its follow-up, the Super Nintendo. Oh, man. And I remember it was even worse, although the so contraption was better because it wasn't like you insert the disc or the thing and then it closes. You literally just take the cartridge and you plug it in straight to the top of the machine. Right. And I remember thinking, this is way cooler. And the games were obviously awesome, way way more awesome. Right. But... Um, 
Now, I don't, it's still I don't hard that you say that they were way more awesome. I don't. I mean, there was a good number of the games that they actually they didn't actually come out with as many up front. Like nowadays, when a new console comes out, it's almost immediately, even before the console is released to the public, that they come out with like 20 or 30 right. exclusive games to that console, and they release them as the game comes out, or as the console comes out, right? But then, it wasn't quite as much that case, because I remember when the Super Nintendo was released, or at least whenever I got it, most of the games we had were just the same games from the other console, from the regular Nintendo, that were all like... Like there was 15 games on one car, um, right? Whatever the thing is called. I, I I remember, I remember being at my friend's house, and I remember the day that we beat Mario Brothers three. Yeah, and I, and I remember really. So uh, th- th- this is going to be a shout out for, for for Jeremy, Jake, Casey, and my sister Ashley. If you guys remember this, um, do they listen they, to the show? I don't know. I'd probably not. Probably not. If you listen but to the show, should. let us know. We'd love to hear from. But you. I remember sitting there and. We it was it was it was after school. It was about four thirty five o'clock, and it was it was we were we were in crunch time because my mom picked us up picked us up at their house after school at about five or five thirty. Mm-hmm. So we knew that we were running out of time to beat this game. So uh, we had just gotten to the end of Mario Brothers three. We had like we had like we had like two lives left, and we had we had to beat Bowser. And when we beat it, I remember the the we 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 just we we finally beat it, and we're like we're jumping up and down and just hooping and hollering and. I mean, as a kid, like that was like the ultimate accomplishment was like beating Mario three. Um, you know, you know, I be, you know, you know, I beat the first Mario Brothers when I was like six. Um, like I remember beating Mario three. It was like seven or eight because that game was legitimately much harder than like the first Mario Brothers. Like it was so hard. Um, you know, we felt you know we felt the same way whenever we you know you know whenever we beat like Zelda, um, you know, or, or Adventures of Link, and then. The second Zelda game, Zelda Two, Zelda Two was it Zelda Two? I don't know. It was it was the Adventures of Link. It was the Adventures of Link was the first one. Yeah, but I can't remember if the second one was like 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 Legend of Zelda, or whatever it was. So, you know, you know, this, but that paled in comparison to beating Mario Three, and that mm-hmm. that to this day is one of my fondest memories of childhood. That and GoldenEye, four man split mm. screen on a little fourteen inch TV in two someone's TV. bedroom. Yeah, you you got literally like, you know, you know, a two by two inch square that you're playing off of yeah. and you're you don't screen watch you cheaters. But like I remember sitting there playing that game and, and Goldeneye was that game where like, you know, we'd get together and we would play until three, four, five in the morning. My friend's mm-hmm. dad would put it you know, stick his head at the door, you guys you go to bed. And like we didn't listen. It was great. Like, we the craziest Goldeneye thing, all night. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I actually found an old Nintendo 64 console. Let me let me back up before I go any further with that, though, because just to explain to our listeners, Nintendo 64 was the quintessential gaming console of my childhood. I say that because my first experience was with with Nintendo, second was Super Nintendo, but the quintessential experience of gaming in my childhood was Nintendo 64, and it was world changing. Whenever they came out with that Mario 60, Super Mario 64. Donkey Kong 64, GoldenEye. This was a revolution in gameplay right. and, and video game and graphics, which we'll talk about more later. But I just remember, um, I remember playing GoldenEye, like you're talking about four on four. And what's funny is like, I remember it vividly in my mind being these, these just this life changing visual experience. 
and it was like so realistic and everything. Right. Well, and I went back about a year and a half ago, I found the console and it just happened to work. And I, they had the console had the actual GoldenEye original GoldenEye cartridge and I took it that bad boy and I snapped it in there, plugged it up with the the red, the red, white, yellow cables and, um, into this little, tiny little television. And I, I was looking at it and I was like, how could anybody ever be good at this? Because the visuals were so horrible. It was just so incredibly bad. Now, listen, now, now, now I'll, 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 I'll clap back at you on this because I remember, I remember I was, you know, you know, you know I remember on PS one cause it, cause I was always, I was always a PlayStation guy. Like I was always PS one, PS2, PS3, Victor PS4. Now I'm back on a switch, but like, even like, like, like even then I remember playing like Madden 99 and I remember it was, it was it was 99 because that was the one that had Brett Favre on the cover. Go Pack Go. And I remember sitting there like looking at this football game and thinking to myself, there is no way the graphics graphics could be any better than this. Yeah. There was there was literally no possible way to make a game look visually better than Madden 99. If you've played Madden 99, <laughs> you, you know. know how bad the graphics are. I I went back to the day and and and, and there was a YouTube video. They had you know, you know, all the Madden games like from like the first one to like today's generation. And like you look at like the graphics back then and how bad they are, but like back then you're thinking this looks so realistic. Mm-hmm. Like you know the 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 physics of the game and the route running and the the, the sports games were always the ones that you that you would play. And be like this looks so realistic, and then looking back you're like this is this is this was garbage. Like this yeah. looks so bad. Well, I just uh, you know thinking back on specifically back on Goldeneye, right? Everybody's favorite thing to do in a first-person shooter game is sniping, right? And you know, nowadays you've got you know you got your Halos, you got your Call of Duty Black Ops, you got those kinds of games. And the graphics, if we had seen the graphics of modern gaming and our youth when the sixty-four came out, we probably wouldn't have even recognized it as a video game, right? We probably would have thought it was real life, right? Probably. Um, but anyway, so we're, you know, you, you look through it and nowadays you got this, your sniping is so sharp, you know, you look at it and you've got like, you get the scope detailed, you got the shake, you got the jitter, you got all the atmospheric distortion from all the clouds and smoke and fog and all those things. Right. But then you can zoom in on your scope and you can actually see the person and you can almost see the bullet as it flies at the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But. You look back, and when I went back and, and played uh, GoldenEye 007 on 64 just a few just a year and a half ago, I tried a little bit of sniping because that was, again, in that time period, that was the precursor to what we now know as mm-hmm. being very popular, and it was very popular then too. And so I, you know, I camped out on a uh, on a tower in one of the levels with a sniper, and I, you know, brought in that scope, and I'm just like I'm trying so hard to distinguish the actual people from the environment and it's almost impossible because I don't know if anybody that knows anything about graphics and, and game design, the style of design and the, the render engines that they used back then were, were far and, and wide worse than what we have now. Right. Right. They did everything. Of course, Nintendo was always, um, was always a big proponent of this, uh, at the beginning, but they did polygonal, character design right if you look at even the characters in goldeneye that were very human-like and very realistic you look at them and you can see the edges of the polygonal designs sorry i'm telling my daughter good night it's fine this is important night, babe. <laughs>
we'll leave that in so people know you have a child. I'm human. Yeah. I love my baby. So that people know that you're not just some nerdy fiend that disagreed <laughs> with me and everything. But anyway, but the graphics were just, I just remember watching it and think, or playing it and thinking, wow, how did anybody ever understand that this was going to be great? Which is a perfect segue because I think at every juncture when something new is released, you think, how could it get any better? Same example with like uh, storage, right? Right. Or computer memory. I remember when I first got, when I bought my first laptop for college, it was a gateway computer, which I don't even think exists anymore. No, I had an Acer. Yeah. It was, they're pretty, probably pretty the same. Yeah. Mine had four gigabytes of RAM. Oh, uh, it was, yeah. And I, I think it had a, it might've had a 250 no, gig had, hard mine, drive. Mine had, my, my, mine was a two gig, two gig with 120 no, no, no. It, no, it was a two fifty because it was a spindle drive. So it was it was it was, it was a two fifty drive, two hundred fifty gig drive. Yeah. Um, and I remember that a two gig. And when when I first got it, it was blazing fast. Yeah, same with mine. And, and I'm thinking to myself, later, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, such is the case with, with most computers. But I remember thinking to myself, and in fact, it wasn't just me thinking to myself. It was when somebody asked me, like. What you know? Why did you pay? Because I paid five hundred and fifty dollars for that thing, which right. was a good chunk of change for a broke college kid. And I, uh, I think my brother or my mom or somebody asked me like, "Well, why did you go to that level? Why did you spend that much?" And I remember saying to them, "Because I want to get something I will never have to replace." Right. Literally the next week I went back into Best Buy or wherever, and there was one with like eight gigs of RAM and a one terabyte hard drive, and I'm like, "What?" But anyway, but such is this case with with graphics on video games. It seems like every time they come up with a new console, the same thing is said. I don't think it could be any better, right? What I was rem- that first experience for you that that happened? For me, honestly, and this is going to sound really weird, like the Dreamcast. Okay, so I was big. I was big on the Dreamcast, and I, to this to this day. I think the Dreamcast is probably the most underrated console that there was. Is that the one that's got the weird spidery looking it's a, controller? It's a very, it's a very like, like it's very, it's a long controller. Yeah. It had like the, the, it had the memory card with, with like the, with like the, with, the, with, with like the screen on it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I remember. So I remember when the Dreamcast came out, I thought that, that the Dreamcast was graphically, it was way ahead of its time. It was so good. Um, Did that come out pre or post PS One? It came out post, so, so 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 that came out in ninety eight. So they capitalized on the success of the PlayStation a little bit, yeah. And they, it, they it, it came out, up yeah. Okay. And what, like, and and it came out, it came out after 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 the sixty four as well. Okay, so it came out two years after the after the uh, um, sixty four. Okay, um, but the Dreamcast, I mean, you know, and, and the games on there, whether the sports games, but I remember I remember playing Crazy Taxi. And Crazy Taxi was my jam. Like Crazy that was, Taxi was one of those um, uh, crud. I just got that. <laughs> oh no! I literally spaced so hard right then. Um, arcade. Crazy Taxi is one of those arcade games. Yes. I remember because I saw it whenever I would go to like the pizza place. You know, like everybody has the that Godfathers. Pizza. Yeah, everybody has that pizza place. Whether it was like Mazio's, all my Arkansas friends that listen to the show will remember Mazio's, right? That was like the pizza place. Ours was Godfather's had, had all the games. Pizza, and Pizza Hut used to have games too. Pizza Hut had some games. And then like CC's. Oh, CC's. Man, I miss CC's. Me and my five bucks, five bucks for a pizza buffet. Dude, sign me up oh, right now. Let's go right now. I just had dinner. 
I'll go right now. Shout out to my friend Brent. I don't know if he listens to this podcast. I might share this episode with him, but he, uh, he and I and his wife and a couple other friends every Wednesday night for like, Oh my goodness. Like two years we would go to, uh, CC's. They had, it was right. the only CC's left in the whole state that we knew of. And we would go there and we'd have pizza every right. Wednesday. Night and it was the best thing. So good. Right. But anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, video games. Video games. <laughs> so, you say Dreamcast, I say PS2. Now, there's a little bit of a difference in age, only a couple of years, couple from, years. between the two of us, but I say PS2, and the reason I say PS2 is because I had a friend that had the PS1, right? And the PS1 was awesome, and I remember seeing a friend playing the PS1, playing the original Driver game, right? Driver, yep. which was like a precursor, I think, to um, GTA, and I remember him driving well, around. It wasn't, it wasn't like a precursor. I don't, I don't think did, 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 did Rockstar make. That? I don't think Rockstar made that game. I don't think not a precursor, as in like the one like the open world idea or aspect. Yeah, of the, okay. it was like a predecessor to it. Let's put it that way, predecessor to GTA because it was like an open world and and uh, and then GTA came out right after that, and then Driver Two came out after GTA, and they kind of played off of each other and built off of each other a little bit. Right. But I remember seeing my friend play Driver. And thinking, wow, that is the most realistic. And it was just driving around, you know, right. you got their third person view of that car and you're just driving around smashing into junk. And I remember thinking, this is legit. And so whenever, whenever, um, PlayStation two came out, they released driver two, right? And driver two was revolutionary because driver two, you were no longer contained to the car. You, you could out, actually right. get out and you could free roam and you could pull out your M16 machine gun and just, just go to town. And I remember literally, and you'll, you'll sympathize with me on this, I'm sure. But I remember literally busting out under oath. What was that album that had the gas mask on the front? Uh, they're only chasing safety, only chasing safety album of under oath to, to this day. One of one of probably my five favorite albums of all time. Great just for the record. And I remember literally turning that on. And just sitting there and I got the, I got the, um, I got the, uh, the big monster truck. Right. And I would literally drive around and just smash into stuff and <laughs> ramp stuff for hours. Do you, do you, do you remember Gran Turismo for, P, for PS2 and there's on PS3 and now PS4, there's a version of it. Um, so it was just a straight up driving game. I do. I do. Yeah. The yeah, cars, yeah. The, the, the cars and the tracks looked so lifelike. Yeah. But the, the thing that always killed me, cause I was such a fan of the driver games. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I loved about like driver two specifically was the fact that it was, you could, your car would fall apart into pieces. Right. Like you could even drive it to the point. Where you only had like two wheels left, right? And your tires would go flat. You'd be smarking sparking everywhere. But then whenever you go and you play, you look at Gran Turismo and you're looking at it and you're thinking, wow, the graphics on this, the cars look more realistic and more like just good looking and right. the visuals of the tracks and the, and the weather elements and things were worlds beyond right. what they were in driver. But whenever the, they got, you know, you crash into a wall or you get hit by another car. The damage was just—it wasn't mm-hmm. even close. That was that was one, probably probably one of my one of my biggest problems with like uh, with like Gran Turismo, is that it was just so hard. Like 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 anyone that's played Gran Turismo knows like that game was in, absolutely impossible to beat. Like it was yeah, it was a monster. So what do you what, what do you play now? Like what do you personally at this point in your life? You're you know you're an adult. You have a full time job. Yeah. You know what do you what do you play now? Well, here's the thing. So 
gaming for me in my life has taken a pretty steep downturn as a priority and as an interest. Adulthood is the worst. Kids, it, is. it really Kids, is. Listen, listen. Let here's let, a PSA. Let Papa Austin talk to you real quick. All right, just 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 take a minute, sit down, and let Daddy give you some advice. Okay, whatever you want to do in your life that is selfish, do it now. If you want to, if 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 you want to, if you want to, if you aspire to be a pro gamer, by all means, go for it in your teens. Because when you're in your 20s and you have a big boy job, you don't get to do this stuff anymore. Yeah. Like, like I've always joked about how big of a PS4 fan I was. And to this day, to this day, I still miss my PS4. But guess what? I had a kid. <laughs> and that kid took major priority. You know, you know when, it, when I was just married with no kid, I had Tuesday nights where my – Tuesday night, Tuesday night was my gaming night. Tuesday night was set aside for gaming. That was that was, you know, Haley had a show or two that she would watch, and she knew that on Tuesday nights I I had I had a group that I gamed with every Tuesday night. Uh, I remember sitting there. I you know when, when, when we had McKinley, I didn't play PS4 for I think nine months. Like it was well, it, 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 it had been from April. I had she, she told me she told me in March. She goes, better play now. <laughs> because because when, when you have McKinley, when, when you have McKinley, you know you know it's gonna it's gonna be you know. And she didn't mean that in a way like you know you have to play now because I'm not gonna allow you to. But she knew that I would miss it. Funny thing is that our vis- our viewer listeners can't know is that she just walked into the studio and was just aggressively pointing at you, being like, "You full of it, you full of it." So <laughs> so the, the the point was was that was that so you know here comes. Literally New Year's Eve of yeah. last year, you know, it's my first New Year's Eve with the kids. She's eight months old. We're not going to a New Year's Eve party. So I go to GameStop and they actually, they had a special going on where you got like extra credit towards a Switch if you traded in a PS4. So I traded in a PS4 with some of my games, extra controller, etc. And I got a Nintendo Switch with mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Which I actually I, 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 I want to discuss that more. I want I want you to discuss your console first, okay. what you do now. But I, 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 inter- I interjected, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I added my PSA to your story, but continue. Uh, just remember, kids, do what you want to do now. Do what you want to do. Live your best life now. Thanks, Joel Osteen. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> this is my Bible. I think this is like the fifth I, time that Joel's made a cameo. I believe what it says, <laughs> and I will do what it says, except you know anything that requires sacrifice. Eventually, wow, wow. Eventually, Joel's going to have to actually pay us for these shout-outs. He's a snake oil salesman, too. We're waiting for our check, Joel. We know you listen to our podcast. We're waiting for our check. You you, you got the money for it, Joel. Come on. Yeah, just send a couple million our way. Do you want your pocketbook any? Uh, So my current system... So, okay. I'll go back and I'll say my interest in gaming and my time for gaming has taken a pretty steep downturn just because of being an adult, working a day job. Plus, I also... Uh, I focus a lot more on creative arts as far as creating and developing things on my own as opposed to just enjoying other people's creative right. endeavors. Um, that being said, I do still do a little bit of gaming. I'm not nearly at the level that you were whenever you were in my demographic as a single man um, or uh, most other people in, in my demographic, I would imagine. But I do my fair share. And one of the things that I love... So I'm an absolute sucker for a visually striking game, an open world game, and uh, a game that is a long gameplay, something that I right. can be engaged for a right. while in. 
um, that has a good story. And it has turned out that PlayStation 4 is the console, in my experience, for that experience. And I say that strategically because of two things, primarily one over the other. The first being the Uncharted series. I don't think I've ever played a video game series that I loved as much as that one. And it was just absolutely phenomenal. Played through most of the first one, played through and beat the second and the third. Still haven't gotten the fourth. I'm about a year and a half, two years behind on that one, but I'm, I'm waiting patiently for that one. Now, so I never played the Uncharted games. Are they good? Oh, they're so good. Okay, I played, I played, I played part of the first one, like 20 minutes of it. And then I don't know what I, I think I got. I, I think that I got a different game. I, I literally just, I never, I never picked it back up. Like I, I think I liked the idea of it. What did I? What did I? I, I had Uncharted. Yeah. Okay. 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 This, this was back in my Xbox 360 days. I had Uncharted for like, and, and uh, I had Uncharted the Gears of, and Gears of War. Mm. And so I tried Uncharted, and then I was gonna. I popped in Gears of War to see what it was like because I ever said it was so good. Yeah. And then I never played Uncharted again. Yeah. I'll continue. Sorry. I can understand that that be, would be the case. I've got several friends who are absolute fans of the Gears of War franchise. But I will say um, what I loved about Uncharted was that it was a, it was a story led gameplay with an open world feel, right? It felt very open world and, but it was guided gameplay, which I really liked that blend of the two. Right. And if you've ever played any of the, uh, the newer Tomb Raider games, uh, they're very much that same thread, that same style. Um, but they're, oh, they're so good. And the storyline, what I loved about it was that it was more of an interactive movie really than it was just a game, a, a movie that you, that was 15 hours long, but that you could play along with and you could, it was up to you to actually make the story happen. Right. The only other games that I really, really, really like are those massive open world games, right? Um, you know, you got your, you've got your, um, uh, Assassin's Creed style games. And now they, I think it was Bethesda games just released the new, um, Spider-Man game, which I bought pre-ordered, even though I'm not a huge, a huge gamer, but I pre-ordered it. Absolutely not a sponsor, but I absolutely love that game. The, 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 the visual, the visual of that game looked phenomenal. It looked so good. They're so good. So, and it's open world with with a actual lead gameplay, like story led gameplay element, but it's massive open world. So, all right, so, 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 so in that sense, in that sense, it's a bit like Arkham, the, the Arkham series, where yeah. it's open world, mm-hmm. but you've got little side missions you can do. Exactly, but, but, but there's also a main storyline driving the story. Yeah, um, do Loved you it. do you care to guess the number of Xbox Ones that have been sold in the U.S. Oh, we're doing gaming trivia now. Just, just, just a side note. I, I just found this online, and I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you know the number of consoles sold in the U.S. Yeah, Xbox One. Xbox One. Okay. Well, there are three, roughly 370 million mm-hmm. residents legally, legal residents of the United States. Yes. Continental, or maybe that's the full United just States. US. Sure. Just U.S. Continentally, I think there are roughly around 370 million. Uh, of those 370 million. I would say at least a good three quarters. So I'd say maybe let's say 280 million units units. So as of January 16th, now, 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 okay. Microsoft does not release the numbers on consoles sold. They, they, the, the, the first release they said was that in November, 2014, they had sold 10 million units. 
Um, in the continental United States, the continental U.S. Ten million. Yeah. In uh, January 2016, EA let it slip that they had sold around 19 million units. Oh, so I was way over. But they have yet. They they they, they have they they do they do not release sales figures. PS4, on the other hand, as of uh, as of January. Uh, or sorry, as of December 2017, 70.6 million. Years. It 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 appears that from 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 even rough estimates that the PlayStation 4 has quickly outsold or, or, or greatly outsold um, the Xbox One. Here's the thing, and here's the thing that a lot of people like. <clears throat> a lot of people don't think about. Um, people are like raving about the Xbox one or the Xbox one plus the newest right. iteration of the Xbox that's out and they're raving about it with its 4k graphics and so on and so forth. And, but the problem with Xbox that I've always had an issue with is you can't do anything on it without paying for something else. Most of the time, at least from my experience, you have to have a paid subscription service account with Xbox uh, to be able to do anything, to play online, to do anything uh, right. with any games, anything of quality, right. has to, you have to pay extra for right. it. It didn't used to be that way when it, the 360 was out and uh, was the premier console. It only just started getting into that. But then, then this whole craze, which we won't talk about too much, but this whole subscription-based product craze flew through and started right. right there with them that you couldn't really even play the console no. without having a subscription where that's where I think PlayStation really overtook because PlayStation was looked upon for a long time as the lesser console, especially when contrasted between, I think it was the PS two or no, was it PS two and three sixty or PS three and three sixty PS three is PS three, three sixty. Okay. So PS three and three sixty were, you know, neck and neck. But I think at the time, even to me, we had, we had a three sixty and a PS three in my house at one point. I think I liked the games better on three sixty, and I thought it was a stronger, you know, more fluid system. But then whenever they started charging you out the nose for everything, making you have a subscription for everything. And then PS, uh, PlayStation, they just were like, no, don't worry about it. You know? Right. I thought that was great. Yeah. I, uh, so, so full disclosure, uh, as a, as a former PS4 person, so, you know, PS4 same way, they, they, you know, you had to pay to play online, which is kind of stupid. But now, uh, as of, as of January this past year, I have been, uh, a team switch. So I got, in, I got into in, in switch and, it's hard going from a console to handheld, okay? Because I don't, I don't frankly consider it necessarily mobile gaming, um, but I do consider it. Uh, it's at least, it's at least a, a, an in-law of, of mobile gaming because it, it, it yeah, it like is, the Nintendo is, DS, right? Plus, so you know, you know, it, it's very, very portable. Um, so DS Max, I love the Apple. I love verbiage. every single bit of the Switch. Yeah. I think that the 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 rough estimates say that right now the Switch will outsell the PS4 and the Xbox One this year, um, which isn't surprising. I mean, I mean, it, it is a newer console, so you know you get the, that that bump in sales. But they've got so many games coming out that just that are just good. Uh, like Mario Odyssey was phenomenal. Breath of the Wild was great. Yeah. Right now, I'm playing Dark Souls Remastered, which game is infuriatingly difficult. <laughs> But it is so much fun. Like, it's a blast. Like Ninja Gaiden, like the most impossible game oh, to be just ever. just dumb. Just dumb. Yeah. 
So you sit there and you have this this handheld device. If if anyone's ever on the switch or, or, or on the fence about a switch, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it, it's a, it, it's a great system. You know you know you know you you've come over and we played four player Mario Kart. Yeah. And it's an absolute blast. The thing that the thing that I like about the Switch, the thing that really that they did well, because um, Nintendo kind of Nintendo kind of uh, squandered for a few years. They they had the, I think it was the GameCube was their last big one before like the Nintendo Wii. Yeah, and, and and then the Wii U came out, and the Wii U, Oof. and those games were just those consoles were although just I, forgettable. Although, although I will openly say that I really, I really do pray that they bring like Mario Maker to the Wii or, or, or to the Switch. I love the idea of Mario Maker so much. Like I want to play Mario Maker so bad. Yeah, it's possible. I'm sure that the uh, I'm sure that the people who run Nintendo are listening to our podcast. So, to listen, Nintendo executives, bring it back. You heard it here first. Um, but no, I, I will say that. One of the things that that the Nintendo Switch does well is they marry the two. They marry the mobile experience, the portability of mobile gaming right. with the quality of console gaming, but at, all the, at the same time, the quality and experientialness um, of a console a game with the actual gesture-based thing of like the the Wii, right? right? The Wii, the one of the things that was that made it so popular was that it was literally more kind of a physical activity. Right. You could actually get exercise by playing video games, exactly. which was revolutionary. They didn't do a great job of it with that console, no. but now that you it's a have... a great idea. Yeah, it was a great idea, <laughs> but now great. that you have the ability to not only take your console with you and play it on the go, but you can also pop your controllers off the side of it, play it as a regular console, mm-hmm. plugged up to a television, or even as a Wii-style console. Right. That That's great. I think that's fantastic. Plus, you're not really... I mean, you are a little bit, but you're not sacrificing tons and tons of graphic... Um, like visual quality, like you were going from the PS3 or the Xbox 360 right. to the Wii. Like that was the biggest thing that I think that you know Nintendo a oversold huge that huge drop. But it was a massive decline in in visual. Well, and 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 when when the Wii came out, people people still wanted the graphics. Yeah, and that's the thing with the Switch is that I think people are willing to accept a little bit of a downgrade. Yeah. For the portability, you know, right. you, you know, you know, you know, they have games like Doom stuff like that that are that are that are AAA titles and Wolfenstein. They're AAA titles that are that are available on the Switch. And what they've done is that they basically they've they've modified the backgrounds and kind of downgraded the backgrounds to give the user as good of an image mm-hmm. in, in playing as they can. While still keeping the game as full as possible, right? So it's smart. Right. They, 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 they've done it the right way. Yeah, for sure. and I think that the way that Nintendo is approaching it, you know, maintaining what it is that made the Wii a desirable experience, because it was more than just a gaming uh, experience. It was a physically interactive, right? You know, and it's basically just this side of like virtual reality, right? Which I really liked. And then they're and they're maintaining the things that made that so much fun. While at the same time leaning more into what you know, mobile processors and laptop processors, things that are able to be mobile, what they're capable of right, visually. Exactly. exactly. I mean, if you look at it right, like Apple just released their new um, their new iPad, right? And one of the things that they uh, claimed in their uh, WWDC or whatever it was called, what would David care about? I don't Maybe. know what that's. Sure. Anyway. Worldwide Developer Conference. That's the one. For the record. <laughs> um, 
one of the things that they touted in that was the graphic ability of the processor and the visual ability of the actual iPad overall, and that gaming would get closer to more of a console quality game, right? Which I think is great, and I think I think that anything they can do in that regard to move themselves into that kind of gaming area, I think that's really going to move it forward in the next uh, in the next uh, phase. Which is a perfect segue to our next topic. But before we get there, I think this is a good spot to pause for a second and talk about our sponsors, give our shout out to our sponsors. We've got two brand new sponsors and we are super pumped about them. Very, very excited about it. So the first one is probably one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a absolute sucker when it comes to like men's grooming products and, uh, pampering myself i guess is kind of the the worst way that i could word that yeah um <laughs> but there's a company called dr squatch and they make they, they they have they have these soaps that are all natural soaps there's yeah. no chemicals shampoos all kinds of things uh, it, it's phenomenal um, made with essential oils made with all natural ingredients right coconut oil and yeah. and, and, and i mean there's no you know for for you know i have sensitive skin it's great for me i you know you know i've, I've been using it for a few days now um Zero irritation. The stuff is, it, it comes, it, it lathers well, it washes super, super, uh, it rinses super well. I highly, highly recommend Dr. Squatch. You can find them at www.drsquatch.com. Squatch, for the record, is spelled S-Q-U-A-T-C-H. And for those who don't understand what we're talking like about, Sasquatch. Squatch is, as in Sasquatch. Okay? So here's the thing. Dr. Squatch is a really, really cool company, startup company. They started only um, maybe three years ago. Yeah, not long ago. Um, I actually jumped on the bandwagon with them. I don't know that they know this, but I jumped on the bandwagon with them with their Kickstarter campaign and tried out some of their products. And one of the things that they sent me as a bonus for uh, joining on their Kickstarter was one of the bars that you actually got with your with your promo package, which is the uh, pine tar scented soap bar. And let me just tell you guys not to not to keep going on about this, but the pine tar scented soap bar smells woodsy, earthy, feels great when you wash with it, and it's got exfoliant in it that's like oats. That's so good. Oats and something else. I can't remember what's in there, but it's like you scrub with it and you feel clean, but you you just, it smells good and it's just great. It feels good on your it feels good on your skin. It's just a great experience. So um, check out Doctor Squatch dot com d r s q u a t c h dot com and uh you know pick you up some pick you up some squatch soap yeah it's good stuff tell them the a and d show sent you yeah tell me a and d show sent you and um you know you probably won't get a discount but hey they'll at least love to know that we're helping them out but if you want a discount here's the thing we've got another sponsor that we're pretty particularly excited I'm about i'm really excited about this one uh Many of you may the, the, the craze right now is the subscription box services. Yes, that that are out there. Everyone likes you know you spend twenty five bucks a month and you get a box full of stuff. Yeah, and, and, some of and, them are manly, right? Some of them are women, you know, womanly. Others are you know non gender specific. They've also got dog dog ones, yeah, like that. So some there's of them a food based. Oh, so good. We 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 we, done, we done, We'll talk later. We need to hit up the the ones with the snacks. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked to Loot Crate, Loot Crate uh, and they've come on board to sponsor our podcast. Um, Loot Crate is a is a sub- subscription based service for nerd nerds and geeks alike. It's twenty five bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You get a box full of stuff that. 
typically your total value of the box is well over it's well over fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, and then every month you also get a T-shirt of right. some kind. They send you a T-shirt in your box every month. So if you go to lootcrate.com slash ad show, that's lootcrate.com slash ad show, you will get ten percent off your first order. Um, and use that promo code if you're if you're ordering from Loot Crate. That helps to let them know that we sent you, and, and it uh, helps to support the show, and it helps to support a great company. Yeah, Loot Crate's awesome. If you've ever seen their stuff, uh, you know we're gonna you know we're gonna start, start, start doing some unboxings on our YouTube channel, and yeah. uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Check us out on YouTube at the A and D Show um, for any of our video content. We're gonna start doing a few more things like that, um, some unboxings, some other sponsorships that we're gonna do on there. So check us out on there, but also take some time. Go over to lootcrate.com forward slash AD show. Get yourself a discount on a loot crate box today. Today. All right. Now back to the podcast. So the last few things that we're going to talk about before we end today's episode. First of all, I want to talk about phone slash mobile gaming. Now, we've already talked about the iPad the new iPad from from Apple and how uh, much that's going to improve the gameplay experience on a mobile device. But I will give a quick shout out. I've been playing this game on my phone. I think I've told you about it. You have. You told me about it last night. It's actually really interesting. It's not necessarily a thing that you would think about as like being, oh, you know, look at that great, fun, addictive game. But it's actually really interesting. It's a game called Terra Genesis. If you've been on Facebook at all or you're a nerd or a geek or you're on Instagram at all, I'm sure you've seen it. Um, advertise. It's pretty interesting. It's not really a game. It's more of a strategy thing. But um, what it is, is you choose a planet, whether in our solar system, fictional, a moon of another planet in our solar system, whatever. And you basically do everything you can do to populate it and to terraform it, to turn it into an Earth-like planet or for any of our science geeks out there, a Minshara class planet. And I chose when I first started playing it, they're not a sponsor, so this isn't paid this isn't paid promotion, but when I started playing it, I chose Mars because you know what's what's cooler right. than, than colonizing Mars right now? Like that's everybody's everybody's that's you even, know, everybody's that, dream right that's now. That's even Trump's dream right now. So. Right. so I chose Mars and I started colonizing it. This has been um, I don't know, a couple days ago in real time. Um, it's been 800 years ago <laughs> in the game time and it took me 800 years but i have now successfully colonized mars terraformed it to be an earth atmosphere planet and i have almost 10 million inhabitants living on my terraformed planet that's exciting that's pretty awesome now you're asking yourself well you know how could that really be all that fun it's really not all that fun but it is interesting it's intriguing because i think about it i'm playing this little game and i'm thinking wow well how cool would it be to actually be on a terraformed mars that'd be pretty dope right right um so my question is is phone gaming, mobile gaming, is it a viable thing? I mean, I saw, uh, you know, quick shout out to High Five Studios and their Dope or Nope channel on YouTube. Check them out. They did a game, or they did a video a few weeks ago about um, gaming on mobile devices, or you know, ten gaming things that you won't believe, or you know, one of those kitschy clickbaity type things. And they talked about some of the actual apparatus you can get for your phone to make your phone play games like an actual console. And some of those things are pretty dope. Right. Some of the games that are out there are pretty dope. Some of them are getting pretty expensive too. I'm thinking I saw one the other day. It was 25 bucks for a single game Mm -hmm. on your phone, a mobile app. And I'm thinking that's a little too much money for my pocketbook, but rich for my blood. Yeah. 
So, you know, is that a viable option? I mean, is phone gaming, is mobile gaming something? Is that the direction that gaming is headed? Well, and I think that's why the Switch is so popular. I think that because people are... I don't want to use the phrase homeless, but I mean, they really are, especially young homeless. people, <laughs> not homeless, homeless, the, the whole uh, of humanity is homeless. Uh, you know, you know, you know, primarily young people are just, they're, they're just home less than they are, uh, you know, the people used to, people like to be out, yeah. um, you know, and portability is a big thing. Um, and I, you know, that's why I think that there's such a huge demand and why the switch has done so well. Yeah. It's just for, purely from the portability aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, that mobile gaming is a, a, a very viable gaming option. Uh, with, my mom, my mom plays games on her cell phone like crazy. With that in mind, what do we think? What do you think about the future of gaming? Do you think that the, that gaming and console gaming will eventually dissipate into basically what the Switch is now with a console that doubles as a mobile device? Or Not, do you think it'll eventually mold into this thing where, kind of like with the new iPad, where you've got this USB-C plug and you can plug a monitor into it, where you could basically take your mobile device and hook it up to a TV and play it that way? Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think. I, I that, that, that's a hard question to ask. Yeah, you know, and that's that. You know, you know, that's one of the things with the switch is that with, with the switch, you know, you've seen it. You can play either you know unplugged or plugged in. Yeah, and so you know, will you know, will more places go that way? I could see Sony with the PlayStation trying a portable option. Um, the question is, is that with a lot of the AAA titles. You know, which 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 if you I you know I I've used that phrase twice tonight. Triple A titles are basically like the big marquee games, like the big games that are coming out. Yeah. Those are those are triple A games. Would developers be okay downgrading the graphic qualities of their games? Yeah, just to go portable. And you know you know you're seeing with 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 some games they are you know like you know like. You know, they redid Dark Souls Remastered. They they they, they remade that for the Switch or, or, or did it for the Switch. Or yeah. you've got uh, you know you know La Noire was set up for the Switch. Or mm-hmm. they um, remastered a, a number of the Final Fantasy games. They're actually getting ready to come out with Final Fantasy VII for the Switch and mm-hmm. remastered. Oh, I can't wait. My sister in law loved that. She's so a huge I. fan of that game. I was too. Um, but like I said, so it's one of those things where will they? You know, will it work? I think so. Um, I could see others doing it. Uh, it's just a matter of, of, of who who will take that first step. You know, who will be the first company to do it? Yeah, because someone that you know somebody will have to kind of suck it up and, and take a shot at it. Um, well, um, you know, I think if I were to predict gaming, like the future of gaming, I would venture to say that gaming will uh, progress. I think I think we'll have some other people, other companies that'll step into that realm, or companies that will partner with other companies. I think that a lot of these game developers are going to start partnering with Apple. You know, for example, look at the way that Adobe is partnering with Apple. Right, mm-hmm. they're partnering with Apple on mobile applications that are full fledged versions of their actual design right. applications, designed specifically around their mobile operating systems. Right. I agree. And because of the fact, because of the huge leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else that Apple has on the on the uh, tablet PC or the tablet computer, um, I think that Apple will begin to develop or work with other developers game, gaming-wise on what I think could possibly be the future of gaming. The experience you have with the Switch, I think, will eventually become something that 
is available, if not commonplace, right on iPads, on cell phones, um, across the across the board, across the gamut. I think that's probably if I were to make a prediction, I think that would probably be what it and is. I, I would disagree. I think you're going to see a lot more portability options. You're yeah. going to see a lot more places try to say, okay, how can I make this more portable? Yeah. Um, you know, you you know, you know, you already see uh, on on Android phones. There, there's Android. It's Android app, and I, I I think I think it's an iPhone now where you can pl- actually play PS4 on your phone. Yeah. So it basically, it, it, it's 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 like FaceTime for your PS4. Hmm. Um, that that's an option now, and I think you'll see more places at least try that. I know with the, with with the Xbox One, you can you know I could be at work and play Xbox One on my computer if I had an Xbox One from from my office, um, which would be actually kind of awesome now as yeah. an adult. Um, but I also have to have you know work wouldn't be that great for me I, I love the idea of it but i'm afraid that would get too distracted having the yeah. xbox one right at my desk but yeah, if there's anything that we don't need as people so much I, less as a society is yeah. more distractions i do think that uh i do think that there are definitely gonna be some cool options out there in the future when it comes to portability but you know i think it's yet to yet to see what those options are going to be yeah um, well i i mean i'm sold i'm down i'm down i mean Hook me up, get me going. Let's do this thing. All the games. I, I I think that I I think that gaming is just something that people just enjoy. It, it's a way to unplug. That was my that was the way that I the, the, yeah. the way that I unplugged for for any. You unplug by plugging in, right? Yeah, I get you. I get you. So you know, if your significant other is a gamer, don't don't knock them down for don't it. Squash. Don't squash. Don't squash what they enjoy. Don't squash the let gaming. Them, let life. them have fun. So, you know, guys and girls both game. In fact, maybe game with them. Maybe you'll like yeah, it. Yeah, jump in there. Play a little play a little Uncharted. Yeah, or anything. Uncharted's kind of a single player Rainbow thing. Six but. Siege was still my jam. Oh, you... you No, you're right. That was my jam. You're so right. Then. Me and my brother and a couple other friends getting Rainbow Six Siege... No, no, no. SOCOM U.S. Navy SEALs yeah. on Xbox. You're thinking, of, you're thinking of Rainbow Six Vegas. Oh, yeah. Which, that was like a four-player yeah. masterpiece. Come on now. Come on. Tom Clancy, you can make movies and games. God bless you. He's dead. Thank you, Tom. He's dead. God rest your soul.